Alright, how you guys doing? Come on in, sit down, relax. You're about to listen to the Ballers of Yakima, a show dedicated to the Yakima basketball scene. I am your host. My name is Micah Chen. I'm a sports broadcaster out of CWU. I'm a color commentator for ESPN Yakima, but most importantly, I am a professional podcaster. West Valley head coach John Kinlock is the guest on the show this week. He talks the culture of West Valley basketball, players to look out for this season, and how he feels about the Columbia Basin Big Nine Conference this year. Now, before we get to the show, we want to tell you about Washington Football Crunch, a show dedicated to Washington football culture, including news and analysis on UW, WSU, and Washington High School football. You can find that on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. But for now, enjoy this show. Okay, so we're here in West Valley, Washington. We're sitting here with Coach John Kinlock. Coach John Kinlock, he's the head coach of the West Valley basketball team. Coach, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for coming in here today. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so what year did you become the head coach of West Valley Basketball, and what brought you to this position? So I've been coaching at West Valley for 14 years. Uh, Originally, I came as the varsity assistant coach. Uh, I did that for about four years. Then I became the co-head coach with Jim Burnt, who had been a longtime coach at West Valley. We did that for about three years, um, and so, yeah, now uh, I guess it's just been me for the last six years uh, as the head coach. And I'm looking around the office right now. I'm seeing University of Massachusetts, but more importantly, Gonzaga, and I didn't know about any of this. Um, tell me a little about how, how, this came, how this came to be. Yeah, so uh, I grew up in Bellingham, Washington, played at Seahome High School, uh, went on to play at Gonzaga. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. I was on the first ever NCAA tournament team at Gonzaga, as well as two other NIT teams. After that, uh, played professionally in South America at uh, in Venezuela, and then uh, actually went on to graduate school at the University of Massachusetts. After your playing career at yeah. South America, yeah, I decided to be done. It all comes to an end at some point. I. Uh, probably had opportunities to continue to play, but decided uh, I'd been accepted to graduate school at the University of Massachusetts uh, in a sports management program. And so uh, at that point, moved to Amherst, Massachusetts and uh, finished my master's degree there and then moved to Florida to be the marketing manager for the ESPN Wide World of Sports down oh, in Florida. So was there for about five years. And then decided to come back to the Northwest where I took a job as the general manager at Appletree. So I oversee uh, the golf course, food and beverage and construction and development. What's cool about that job is is uh, my employer is supportive of me coaching. And so uh, right when I moved here, I got in touch with uh, Jim Burnt. Uh, that was, yeah, I guess 2003, 2004, kind of running around there. And became an assistant coach, and boy, it goes by fast. And especially at a four A school, you know, a very competitive school. It's a, it's not just three months out of the year. I mean, you're 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 on the job. You know, you're doing off season training. You know, you're doing um, you know, the the spring balls and uh, and the summer camps, and uh, that that's probably factored into what you're saying. You know, being allowed to do all that. Yeah, I mean, I love it. I I um, having been a player and and competed year round and doing the AAU circuit and um, getting the chance to play in college and beyond. Um, it's exciting to, to not every kid is going to follow that path, but, um, I've been fortunate enough to coach about, I think about 25 players that went on to play in college. Um, 
you know, at some level. And so, uh, it's really rewarding to, to try to get the light bulb to go on for a kid, um, and share with them what, uh, what it takes to get there. And you mentioned there's 25 players that are now playing collegiately and West Valley high school, they're comp- this school is competitive across all sports, but obviously because of its location, it doesn't get the same media coverage that you know a Skyline or a Bothell or a or a Rainier Beach would get. Um, do you feel that you know? I know that uh, West Valley is playing Richland in the state playoffs this fr- Friday. Um, is there a chip on the shoulder of the basketball team? Do you kind of preach that to your players? We're kind of the underdogs when we when we're, we're competing for getting into the state tournament. Yeah, sometimes I, I I'm not sure we get too hung up on that sort of thing. We have enough to worry about of just uh, being as competitive as we can be. But but yeah, having grown up on the west side, it's a little bit different uh, over there, and and we're kind of on our own island uh, here in Central Washington, but. We, we've had, again, we've had players that have gone on and played at the Division One level. My first year here, Andrew Strait uh, went to the University of Montana, you know, was an all-big all sky player there. Matt Borton played at the University of Idaho, was a good player there. Um, we've had several thousand-point scorers that have, you know, gone on and had really successful careers either at the two-year level, community college, or uh, four-year schools as well. So, so. Uh, you know, if kids are, are good enough, um, the nice thing for me, and, and the other part of it is is I've worked with a lot of kids that don't go to West Valley, um, working with the um, Washington Interscholastic Basketball Coaches Association. They do a, a showcase um, with teams from all over the state, and I've participated in that for the last five or six years, and so I get the chance to coach a lot of the better players from Yakima and Tri-Cities to try to help them in any way that I can uh, make it to the next level. So not only, you know, do I try to help the kids that are in our program, but I'm happy to help others, um, uh, accomplish that as well. So kind of like a figure in the basketball community, not just in West Valley, but across the entire state. Well, I hope to be, I mean, that's part of giving something back, you know, I mean, when basketball for me has been, it's been really good to me. It paid for both my college education as well as my graduate school education, um, the, I was an NCAA postgraduate scholar, and so that that paid for that part of college too. So I have, you know, there's a lot of reasons for me to give back, and and I really enjoy uh, helping as many kids as possible. This past season, West Valley went 14 and six, and I was looking at some of those losses, and we're talking three point losses. You know, only nine points to AC Davis. Obviously, AC Davis is the team to beat right now. I mean, they're they're defending champions. Um, do you see West Valley taking that next step with some of the returning players that you have right now? So, we uh, we had a good year last year. We were undersized, played fast, um, had you know three of our guards were our leading scorers. They averaged you know nearly fifty points between the three of them. Uh, one of them was a four-year varsity player, Justin Vandebrake. He graduated as playing baseball at Tacoma Community College. Um, is a big loss for us and just a really good player in our program the last four years. David Lindgren, another great player, um, was a second-team all-league, averaged about 16 points a game. It's unfortunate he was actually a 16-year-old senior. He had oh, skipped a grade. And so I would have liked to have had him back for another year, but he graduated uh, really young, and now he's he's uh, playing at Yakima Valley College and, 
is going to be a key guy in their rotation and he's improved a ton even since he graduated so so we lost a couple pieces we also lost some heart and soul type guys and and uh that were that were really good role players and sean sieber jacob sabari a few other players so so we have we have some question marks for sure going into the season. Uh, Dallin Clough is back for us. Um, he uh, was our third leading scorer, was honorable mention all league, and had an outstanding summer. Um, he's on that West Valley football team. Breakout that, player. Yeah, he had f- fifteen touchdowns this year, um, which didn't surprise. I mean, maybe it surprised people a little bit, but in terms of him being successful on the football team, that was not a surprise. He had a great summer for us in basketball, and, and we have really high hopes for him. Uh, but we also have some other, you know, good players—a mixture of of um, some young guys. We have a really good freshman and sophomore class, um, as well as um, some guys in the junior class that can play, and then three seniors uh, that returned from last year: Spencer Bailey, Isaac McDonald, along with Dallin Clough. Does West Valley set team goals prior to the season? Sure. You know, we, we talk about, uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that we do from a goal setting standpoint. We don't go and identify a, a record that we're trying to achieve or, um, you know, necessarily a wins and losses record. I mean, it usually for us is trying to maximize our ability. Um, and going into this season, um, there's a few teams in our league with a lot of guys back. Both Davis and Moses Lake have... Uh, their core back um, and so those guys are going to be tough to beat uh, I think the rest of the league is pretty wide open Sunnyside also has two of their their best players back um, so we're, we're dealing with three teams that have their nucleus back we'll, we have some really good young players and, and I'm eager to see how they match up against uh, you know some of these returning players from the other schools and as head coach of West Valley, or not this, not the head coach, but as, as you've been a coach for West Valley the last fourteen plus seasons, mm-hmm. are there some core principles that you preach to your players, just as far as you know, being people? Sure, I mean we're we're looking to you know develop the whole person, and so uh, we take a lot of pride in, in what we accomplish in the classroom. Number one, um, number two, we want to be good citizens in our community. Uh, we want to be great teammates. I think that's a really underrated part of high school basketball it's easy with espn and and highlights and and things that that kids you know want to score the ball or they want to make a spectacular play um i i've read a number of articles that talk about you know how many kids want to be the best teammate they can be um not many kids establish that as their goal and so i try to plant that seed that that sometimes when the other teams are a little bit more talented um, if you have guys that play together, which is another core principle for us, um, and the best way I think to be together is to look at a team's bench during the game. We take a lot of pride that our bench goes crazy when the guys on the floor are doing a good job. Sometimes you look at schools, and you, you I think a really good test of, of how well kids get along is to look at the bench. Are the kids on the bench excited about their peers that are often playing in front of them succeeding or are they pouting because they're not in the game you know it's a tough deal nobody wants to sit on the bench but but what's been awesome and it's it's a real credit to the kids is for the most part we've had guys that are just going bananas on the sideline 
for their buddies, even though the better those guys on the floor play, sometimes the, the, the less you're going to play. But so that's big to me. Um, and, and, and to compete, you know, in, on every possession, uh, whether you're ahead, whether you're behind, you know, just learning to compete uh, for the entire game. And, and when you win, make sure you understand how you did it. Uh, when you lose, uh, make sure that you, you learn what you can improve upon and, and, and just continue to compete. And by the end of the year, um, I'm hopeful that we're right in the thick of things in terms of our young guys developing, our experienced guys kind of showing the way from a leadership standpoint. And, and I'm hopeful that, that we're right in the thick of it at the end with our league. And building on that team aspect of basketball, AZ Davis has 2,500 students. Eisenhower has 2,500 students. I mean, some of these schools that you're competing with, I mean, there's they're much larger schools. Do you feel like there's any competitive disadvantage as far as you know tryouts and building a program when you have quite quite possibly over a thousand less students? Obviously, this is a town of less than 10,000. It's a suburb of Yakima. Does that factor into the competitiveness of this conference? You know. I guess if you if you focused on it, you, it's yeah. I mean, if you, basically, you could take a whole another two A school and add it to West Valley, and that would that would equal the enrollment of the other schools. So if you you took one of the CWAC schools, you think you might be able to find three or four more guys that can play. Yeah, I mean that's true, but we really don't we don't really focus on that. I, I you know honestly, even asking the question, I haven't really thought about it much lately, but. Because we're able to be competitive with what we have. Um, we have three teams in our program. A lot of schools in our league have five teams. And so I, we had our parent meeting, kind of winter sports meeting last night. And it's basically explaining that, you know, we, we don't have as many playing opportunities. So we have to be really strategic with our tryouts and, and who we keep and why we keep them and how we develop players so we can be competitive. Um, you know, while I'm really looking forward to how we do this year, um, we also kind of are on the cusp of, of having some of the better kids in town um, at the ninth and 10th grade level that, that these are key development years for them um, so that what we're able to accomplish over the next three or four years is going to be, I th- we have really high hopes. Who are some of West Valley's biggest rivals and what is the game the atmosphere like here? Yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting since since coaching here, we've been in three different conferences and we've played at three different classifications. So um, we've played in the 2A, we've played in the 3A, and we've played in the 4A. We've played in leagues that combine some of the big nine schools with the Mid-Columbia Conference schools and the Tri-Cities. We've been in the CWAC with, with all those 2A schools. And way back when I started, the Mid-Valley League was essentially very similar to the CWAC. So it's interesting with all those league alignment changes um rivalries haven't been as consistent um through the years but certainly uh within our league um our our rivalries with eisenhower davis moses lake um you know those of eastmont actually really every sunnyside all the teams in our league um have been pretty competitive rivalries um the one thing i'll say about our league is there are some tough road environments um it feels like you're you're battling uphill all the time it's it's a tougher environment sometimes tougher officiating um, and you just have to overcome a lot of obstacles to win uh in those environments and and uh it'll be no different this year when is west when is west valley's first basketball game so i was just looking at the schedule i think we open with uh southridge 
And that's probably going to be a non-conference game, right? Yeah, non-conference game. We actually have a jamboree down at Pasco uh, on November 28th, so we just get a little tune-up. Um, it doesn't count, just kind of little 10-minute games. And then uh, against Southridge at home on December 2nd, and uh, practice starts Monday, or tryouts start Monday, and it'll be really interesting to see how many uh, how many players come out because some years we've had – you know, 50, 60 players come out other, uh, for for about 36 spots. So it's every coach's least favorite part of the job is is uh, establishing teams because, uh, you know, we really appreciate it when a lot of kids come out and, and give it a great effort. But ultimately, we only have that many spots to give, and so we end up having to let some kids go, and, and that's a hard part of of being a coach probably the my least favorite absolutely yes it's a uh, never fun to do that well thank you coach kinlock for being on the show telling us a little about the team this season good luck to you this year all right thank you micah okay thank you coach john kinlock for being the guest on the bars of yakima this week a well-spoken head coach he told me that he guys interview skills while playing basketball at gonzaga and that makes sense west valley opens their season at southridge in kennewick washington I'll be releasing full team previews for West Valley and other teams in the Yakima Valley like AC Davis, like Sela, like Eisenhower. Follow me on Twitter at Micah underscore Chen to get those updates, articles, and podcasts on the Yakima basketball scene. This has been the Bars of Yakima for Micah Chen. I'm Micah Chen signing off. Thanks.